Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. The Minnesota Vikings take on the Atlanta Falcons tomorrow in a matchup of four and four teams. The Vikings, coming off a three-game winning streak, look to extend that with their new quarterback, Jaron Hall. The Falcons, coming off a loss to the Tennessee Titans, also have gone to their backup quarterback, Taylor Heineke. We're going to break down all the matchups here as well as give predictions. But before we do, if you don't already subscribe to Purple and Gold for Days on the YouTube, please give me a subscription. And if you don't already subscribe to Vikings First and Skull on YouTube, do the same there as well for all kinds of great Vikings content and help us grow this Vikings community. The Minnesota Vikings will face the Atlanta Falcons. The old dirty birds. We all remember them from... 1998 sons of guns ended our spectacular season we got a battle of backup quarterbacks ladies and gentlemen taylor heineke jaron hall jeremy holmes hall it's going to be an interesting interesting game the minnesota vikings coming off a victory against their hated rivals the green bay packers the atlanta falcons coming off a loss against the tennessee titans who we're up at halftime 14 to 3, and the Falcons made a change at quarterback. They almost pulled it out. We're going to start out with the NEC North Roundup. The Green Bay Packers at noon will be hosting the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim. They're 2 and 5. The Rams are 3 and 5. Somehow, someway, the Green Bay Packers, the team we saw last week, are, last week, are favored by three points. I don't get it. I know the Rams are just kind of mediocre at best, but Green Bay is so bad. I'm taking the Rams in that game. You better believe that. Also at 12 noon Central Time, we got the Bears going down to the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans favored by eight and a half points. The Bears are terrible. And it, it, there gives me no greater joy as a Vikings fan starting out when I round up our division than to say the Packers and the Bears are garbage. They're absolute garbage. I mean, I know we got our flaws and we got things we got to work on as well, but oh, it's so good. Now the Lions are on the bye week, so they can't lose. But they can't win either. So there's that. Trade deadline was Tuesday. Vikings send out Ezra Cleveland. Get back this Dobbs character from the Arizona Cardinals. Do some pick swaps. Not as much as I would have liked to see. But at the end of the day, it takes two to tango. You know, people were probably offering third round picks for Daniil Hunter. And I wouldn't have traded him for a third round pick now if I was offered a first round pick. Despite the fact that we've won three games in a row and what that would do to the locker room. You really can't pass up a first round pick for anybody, especially a guy who is not under contract after this season. But having said that, bringing in another quarterback, not the worst thing in the world. I'm not going to be jumping up and down for this guy. He was one in seven, I believe, as a starter, granted with the absolutely pitiful Arizona Cardinals. And that organization is just a dumpster fire. But eh, I'm not really looking much for this guy. You know, some people are going around saying, you know, Jaron Hall, he's going to get one game until Dobbs gets ready. And once Dobbs is ready, he's going to take the reins for the rest of the season. I say hell no to that. Absolutely not. 
I'm say, I've been saying it. If Kirk Cousins went down for the entire season, you give Jaron Hall the rest of the games so that we can find out if he can sink or swim. There is no intrinsic value of bringing in Dobbs, letting Jaron Hall. I don't care if Jaron Hall is terrible. He gets all nine games if I'm the coach. I don't care how bad he is because I know what I got in Dobbs. I got a guy that's just a guy. He's Andy Dalton. He's Teddy Bridgewater. He's Case Keenum. Okay, all those other quarterbacks that we named last week of, well, who could we get here to supplement our quarterback room? That's all Dobbs is. You know, maybe we can win some wildcat formations and do some uh, run pass option with these guys. To me, keep it simple. Keep it simple. So, again, throwing out Ezra Cleveland, you weren't going to re-sign the guy, so you got something for him. And that's okay. And reminder, it is Carolina's six-round pick, so it's going to be the first or at best the second best, uh, the second pick of the sixth round. You say, well, we might have got a compensatory pick that's higher. Well, you don't know that. First off. Second off. It doesn't happen until 2025. So I don't want to hear, oh, you should have just kept him. Maybe you can make the argument to keep him for depth purposes. Sure. But if you can get something in return for a guy that's not coming back, I say do it. Now, I do believe that he wanted to ship out KJ Osborne, but with Justin Jefferson out for at least one more week, most likely two, hopefully it's only one, you would have had a, you would have had a whole you wouldn't have had much depth at the wide receiver position. So can't really blame him for that. But having said all that, yeah, you you got Dobbs and you took a six round pick and downsized to a seven round pick and still got and still got a backup quarterback. Okay. And then when you compile that with what you got from Ezra Cleveland, you basically took Ezra Cleveland and flipped it to a seven round pick and this Dobbs guy. That's pretty good. Is it spectacular? Am I jumping up and down? Be like, wow, how did Quazy pull all that off? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But I think he did okay. I think too many people have unrealistic expectations and then just throw Quazy under the bus. Be like, oh, he's terrible. He didn't get anything for Dalvin Cook. He didn't get much for uh, Zedaria Smith. Takes two to tango. Supply and demand. Free market economy. We talked earlier about our great nation and all the stuff that comes with it. The same thing applies to the NFL supply and demand. So I think he did as about as well as he could. Taylor's revenge game. Taylor Heineke. Y'all remember him, don't you? He was with the Minnesota Vikings a little while ago. And in fact, in 2016, he very well probably would have got the starting job if he hadn't busted his stuff up and busted into his apartment because he locked his keys in there. Probably after a few drinks, doing some drinks and total buzzkill. And I'm not saying we still wouldn't have traded for Sam Bradford, but at the end of the day, you know, Taylor Heineke, he's just a guy. You know, he's a, again, Andy Dalton, Teddy Bridgewater kind of guy. Case Keenum, you know, coming in for some backup duty every once in a while. Sure. But expecting him to be a starter week in, week out, no, he ain't got that. He ain't got that. I will say again, last week came in at halftime and did a lot better than Desmond Ritter did. Got to say that for sure. I mean, last week he got what? He 12 for 21, 175 yards and a touch. Respectable for a half. Sure. Respectable. But against Tennessee, you know, Again, he was playing catch-up because Will Levis just threw all over those guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what Taylor Heineke's got for us. I think defensively, you should not give up any more than 17 points. 
what I can tell you guys for right now, this guy and this offense shouldn't have anywhere close to enough for us. Nothing close. Again, Bijan Robinson last week, 11 carries, 62 yards. I don't understand why they have this big old running back by committee, but I don't understand why they don't just feed um, Bijan Robinson the ball. We saw what he did against the Green Bay Packers. I know, you know, he had some injuries, a little bit of injury stuff, but to me, either sit him or play him. I've never liked the idea of keeping running backs like on a pitch count because, you know, they're coming off of an injury and, and, you know, they're only 80%, 90%. Get 100% healthy. Or if you're going to put them in the game saying, you know, this person at 85% is still better than anything else we got, well, then give him the ball. Yeah, I would absolutely love it if Bijan Robinson only got 11 carries against us. <laughs> I would love it because that means they're putting Taylor Heineke in a position to beat us. Good luck with that. I mean, I get it. It's not the first time that Taylor Heineke has played us. We played him last year, as a matter of fact. When he was with the Washington football team, we won that game 20 to 17 and seven of those 17 points came off that bogus touchdown where that official ran into one of our guys or would have been either a knockdown or an interception at minimum. One of those two things. So, you know, last year we only gave up ostensibly 10 points to the guy. And yeah, it was a struggle. We were down in that game. I remember where I was. I was at the Mall of America because the Score North crew had a watch party before a live episode of uh, Ventline. And uh, that was about the time that I started my channel. So Taylor Heineke, mediocre at best. Defensively, Brian Flores, I'm pretty sure he's got something for this young man because, nah, we should not, like I said, be giving up any more than 17 points against these guys. Particularly, again, put everything into stopping the run and make Taylor Heineke beat you because he can't. Just like what I said with Jordan Love last week, just stop Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon because Jordan Love can't beat us. And what happened? Jordan Love was terrible. Taylor Heineke, I'm not going to say I would rather have him over. Well, yeah, I'd rather have him over Jordan Love. That's for sure. I don't know yet if I'd rather have him over Jerry Mahomes Hall, but we'll see. I think Taylor's got revenge on his mind and he can have that all he wants. It's just not going to happen. Jared Mahomes Hall, a new hope. I know. It's unlikely he's going to be Luke Skywalker. But at the end of the day, right now, he's our guy. He's our leader. And as I have said multiple times this week, he should get every game, barring injury. I don't care how he looks. And you know what? I'm confident he's going to look pretty good. I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire, but I'm confident he's not going to be garbage. And the reason I say that is because, again, He's got Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, the improved offensive line. We've been saying for years, we just need to get Cousins a decent offensive line, and we did. And then, of course, he you know, had to get injured and stuff. So Vikings-like. But anyway, at the end of the day, I think Jaron Mahomes Hall is being dropped into a good infrastructure on the offensive side. Very good offensive line. Addison, Hawkinson. Hopefully starting next week, Justin Jefferson. Again. Anybody who says that this guy doesn't have it and they're already convinced he'll never be anything more but than a clipboard holder, I'm sorry. You're wrong. We don't have enough evidence of that. And I'll say the same thing on the other side. Anybody who says, oh, my gosh, we got a guy who is going to be the unquestioned starter in 2024, I'm going to say the same thing. We don't know what we got. We don't know what we got. But what we do have is a guy who has exuded leadership since he got here. I remember two interviews that he did during training camp where he was loquacious you know, respectful, knowledgeable, mature, same kind of thing. You know, what is it like uh, 
Are you, do you think you're prepared? And he's like, yeah, I got good coaches. They got me prepared. We knew at any point in time I could step in. So I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire, but what I am going to say is he at best was working with twos and threes. He was running the scout team. So no, he wasn't getting many reps and the reps he was getting, he wasn't throwing to JJ, TJ and Ja. Nah. So again, it's going to be interesting. And again, I'm not looking for too much because he's only had a week's worth of practice with these guys. I'm not saying he never threw to those guys in practice. I'm sure he got a few tosses to him once in a while, but he's taking the reins now. He's absolutely taking the reins now. And I'm here for it. I am here for it. My best case scenario when he was drafted was that maybe they would have seen enough evidence to say, all right, we found a diamond in the rough. Well, now it ain't a maybe. Now it's his show. I mean, it'll always be Justin Jefferson's show. We already know that. But from the quarterback position, it's his show. And I am so looking forward to this. And it may not be very good. It could be an abject failure. And then you do go with the I still would keep him in unless he is so bad. I mean, ter- Jordan Love bad. <laughs> okay. If he looks like Jordan Love out there, I would still give him a few more games because, again, Jordan Love, he went through training camp all offseason knowing he was going to be the number one quarterback. Jaron Hall didn't do that. So, yeah, even if he does look like Jordan Love or Justin Fields or, you know, name your medi- mediocre at best, w- bad quarterback at worst, I don't care. He's the guy we drafted. They saw something in him to draft him. And as I said, he is a he's a mature guy. Everybody want to talk about, well, he's 25 years old. So what? So what? He's 23 in, in football years because he took two years off. But I don't care if he's 25. I don't care. That means he's a mature guy. It means he's not 21, going out chasing tail, going out drinking at the bars and at the clubs. He ain't in the club. He's at home with his wife and kids. So who cares if he's 25 years old? I sure don't. I don't buy. I, I don't buy this logic of well, he's already 25, so he's like there's really all that much difference between a 25 year old and a 22 year. Okay, it's three years. Big deal. Big deal. Like I said, he's been soaking it all up. He's been watching Kirk Cousins. He's been listening to Kevin O'Connell. I'm really looking forward to watching this guy on Sunday. And you know what? The opponent he's got. <laughs> Atlanta's nothing special. Atlanta's mediocre. I mean, there's a lot of mediocre teams. Okay, they're four and four just like we are. They've had their ups and downs. Let's not act like Atlanta's world beaters. Let's not like act like we're facing Kansas City or Miami, who I can't wait to watch that game, by the way. <laughs> I know it's over in London and that sort of thing. He's they're not Baltimore and Seattle who are playing at noon, five and two and six and two. Okay. They're a mediocre four and four, just like we are. So all I'm going to say is this. There were a lot of worse teams that he could start off with. He's got a game against Atlanta. And if he does well, he is. I don't like the possibility of Dobbs taking over next week, but I, there could be a possibility and I don't like it. That's why I want Jeremy Holmes Hall to go out there and throw for 275 yards and three touchdowns and have like 40 rushing yards. Be like, nah, I'm taking this. I ain't giving this up. I don't care that you traded for this guy. This is my crew, and this is my show. So hopefully, and I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to do well. Is this the end? I don't know. There, you know, there's been talk of will Kirk Cousins be back because now his his value is going to be lower, and we can get him on the cheap. 
okay, I hear that. I hear that. But I'm also going to say, would we ever want take her, her cousin's name off the table for a second? Would we want to sign a 36 year old quarterback coming off an Achilles injury? The answer is no. So don't let the fact that it's Kirk, the guy that we've had for the last six years, change your mindset. You should be in the same mindset. But there's an old saying that you've only got a, a finite amount of time. And it's unfortunate because as we has been said throughout the week, we have wanted to get Kirk Cousins a decent defense. Now he had a good defense in 2018 and 19, but you know, 18, John D. Filippo, this. Uh, 19 was just kind of whatever that. And then for the last three years, defense has been pretty bad. And then it was, hey, can we get him an offensive line? Okay. I'm not happy because I would have rather it been after this season, not in the middle of the season, particularly when this team has gone on a three-game winning streak and particularly when it looked like they were starting to turn it around. Now, granted, granted, it was our four wins, three of them are against garbage teams in Green Bay, Chicago, and Carolina. So we have to put that disclaimer out there. And yes, I know San Francisco has lost uh, three games in a row, but you can only play who you play. And yeah, one possession game against everybody else. We're going to hang a banner for that. Are we going to get a participation trophy for that? Absolutely not. But they were starting to figure things out and Kirk had never missed a game. So Vikings like finally get what we're looking for. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. There's a song and it's been remade and, and reproduced by I don't even know how many people, but it's called Big Yellow Taxi. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. So, yes, the Kirk stands are saying to th- those of us in the middle and certainly those of the other group of the haters. It's like, all right, you wanted this to be the last year of Kirk. And you said, it doesn't matter if we take a step back at the quarterback position because we're going to use that money on other parts of the roster. Well, now you guys are going to see what life is like after Kirk, at least for the rest of the season. And yeah, there is absolutely something to be said about that. And as I was saying, I would have rather it been starting scratch where somebody else is taking the first team reps in training camp as the starter on week one. But yeah. We're finally going to see what it's like. And we, we laugh at our Packer fan, the Packer fans that don't know what it's like after 30 years of having a Hall of Fame quarterback until now. But that's different. Aaron Rodgers had run his course and Aaron Rodgers wanted out of there. He didn't get hurt, hurt. I mean, he got hurt, hurt in New York. That's another story. But the pertinent lines in Big Yellow Taxi is... Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Maybe we didn't know what we had. You know, there's times where you just don't know what you have until you don't have it anymore. (laughs) And there's times where you just got to deal with it. You know, the Vikings were in a funk when they lost Kirk Cousins towards the end of the game. And they were probably in a funk Monday and Tuesday and probably still to a certain extent are but you got to do what you got to do you know sometimes when you get in a funk you have to pick yourself up sometimes when you're in a funk it's other people will try to help you but they really can't they can only support you and so for the vikings it's yeah jordan hall is in there and they have to support him 
you know, sometimes you just have to pick yourself up. And that's what the Vikings are going to do. I think that's what they're going to do. You know, if you can get into a funk and sometimes the only way you can get out of it is for the reason you got in the funk in the first place ends up coming back or changing. Well, there's no magic wand that can heal Kirk Cousins after a week or two. There's no magic wand. It was so devastating. It was so finite. It was so final that it sucks. It would have been different if like, okay, Kirk sprained his ankle and he's going to be out for two to four weeks. Okay. Then you go to somebody other than Jaron Hall just to keep it afloat for those two to four weeks. And then you're not in your funk anymore because what got you in your funk came back. But Kirk ain't coming back. For better, for worse, Kirk ain't coming back. So the Vikings are going to have to get themselves out of that funk. Because what got them into it ain't coming back. I don't know at this point if I want Kirk back. Because like I said, if he would sign a deal on the cheap and he could be shown that he's healthy, maybe. But probably not. I'm not going to go back on everything that I've said, which is, hey, this should be the last hurrah. We got to go in a different direction because we've done the same thing over and over again. But I am going to say that maybe we'll find out that we didn't know what we had until it's gone. And at the end of it, maybe Jared Mahomes Hall will get us out of that funk because it is the new one. It is the new quarterback. Whenever you lose a leader on your team, we lost Justin Jefferson, who was a leader on the team, but we still had Kirk Cousins, who was another leader on this team. And we ain't lost a game since <laughs> since Justin Jefferson went down. That doesn't mean I'm saying, oh, just trade Justin Jefferson. We don't need him. Okay, stop that, man. Stop the cap there. Okay, but Kirk was still was just coming around. He was just coming around. It's it's kind of like Teddy. In From the analogy standpoint, Teddy was progressing. He was getting better and better and better. Then he blew out his knee. Such a Vikings thing. Kirk, you know, the, the, the Kirk stands where they really drive me nuts is they want to say that Kirk was like this the whole time. And that's just a bologna sandwich, as my daughter would say. That's just total BS. He has absolutely massively improved since Kevin O'Connell got here. And to try to say that, no, he was always like this. Because you want to be right in your love for Kirk Cousins, you're actually doing him a disservice by not acknowledging his incredible growth over the last year and a half. Now, does that mean I, I'm changing my mind as to thinking we could win a Super Bowl with him? No. I would have loved to have seen if maybe he could have got through his glass ceiling of the division around of the playoffs and, you know, gotten to the NFC championship game and then, you know, you let the chips fall at that particular point. I would have loved to have seen that. But at this point, Maybe it is the end of him with the Minnesota Vikings. And maybe we do take a step back. I don't know. We'll find out this starting this Sunday. And for a while, it doesn't have to be that way. We got the Falcons. We got the Saints. We should beat those two teams. Denver on the road, Sunday night football. If it was Kirk, I'd say we have a good shot to win that game. But with, with Hall, probably not. Then you got the Bears in the bye week. So you get 7-5 and five at the bye week. And then you got the Raiders after that. Get to 8-5. and five. Before your last four games. Yeah, since he's going to be tough, that that's still a loss. Green Bay is still a win. So now you're at nine wins. If you can split with Detroit and get to 10, you might get into the playoffs. And we'll see what happens after that. But 
maybe the Kirk stands or those who at least supported him, maybe one notch below the, the Kirk Stanian level, who always said, you don't know what you got till it's gone. That very well may ring true. And that put the team in a funk. I mean, if you went around that locker room after we all knew that Kirk was done for the year, the guys were all like quiet and upset and crying and saying, I can't believe this and, and all this stuff. And it's just like, I can't believe I had what I wanted, which was a meet, a middle of the road defense, if not slightly better and a very good offensive line. You had everything you wanted. And sometimes in life, you don't realize that you had everything you wanted until it's too late and you come to those realizations and it's already too late so we'll see we'll see I'm confident in Jeremy Holmes Hall at least for this weekend anyway and we'll see how he does you know Will Levis tore him up I don't think he's going to throw for four touchdowns but I think he can get two or three I think he can scramble a little bit and let his receivers get open a little bit and dare I say on a smaller level do some of those things that all of those other scrambling quarterbacks can do buying time and then throwing on the run and you know just breaking the backs of a defense who had that defensive play one but then it turns into how did he do that would it be great for us to finally have somebody like that where it's just like the defense did everything right and we, we and they still lost the rep <laughs> Holy cow, would that be great? I'm not saying I want Kirk back. What I'm saying is is I can see the Vikings considering to bring him back, particularly if his price tag has gone down. So let me be clear on that. I'm not saying I'm ready to move on. That has not changed for me. I'm just saying that knowing Ziggy and Mark Wilf, oh, we can get Kirk Cousins back at a discount. Oh, well, let's let's just keep rolling with Kirk. Uh, no, I'm I feel bad for what happened. I know I would did not want that to happen, but it doesn't change the fact that I still say we got to move on. We got to move on. So with all of that being said, final predictions. If Kirk Cousins were playing, I would say the Vikings were going to win by 10 or more points. I think with Jaron Hall, this is going to be a much closer game. Ultimately, I think that the Vikings will have done enough to prepare Jaron Hall at this point in time. And going up against the Falcons is, as I have said, a pretty good opponent to start with. The Atlanta Falcons rank 6th in the NFL in yards and 14th in points against. So defensively, they're not half bad. And so the Vikings on offense are going to need to bring all of the equipment. You are going to need to establish the run. I know that's old school Mike Zimmer football, but you're going to need to give Jaron Hall every advantage he can get. So start with the running game. Get that established. Short, quick passes to get Jaron Hall in rhythm. And ultimately, if you're able to establish the run, then you can open up the passing game. Kevin O'Connell needs to simplify things for Jaron Hall, getting them on rollouts, short, quick passes, and an occasional deep ball. Ultimately, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne, they're going to need to step up their game for their rookie quarterback because this is his first start in the NFL, and it's on the road against a halfway decent defense. Defensively, it shouldn't be too big of an issue to contain Tyler Heineke. Last week, coming in at halftime, he had 12 for 21 for 171 yards and one touchdown. And last year, and playing in nine games at 1,859 yards and 12 touchdowns. Ultimately, he is the definition of a spot backup quarterback. If you ask him 
to be your starter for the better part of the season, you ain't going anywhere. Against the Vikings last year in Washington, he was 15 for 28 for 149 yards and two touchdowns. But as we all remember, one was because the ref knocked down our defender and made it impossible to come down with the interception. Brian Flores, keep doing what you're doing. Blitz him 60% of the time. Stop the run and make Taylor Heineke beat you because he can't. I'm not saying he's as bad as Jordan Love, but ultimately he is not going to be able to win this game for you if your defense is stout. Final score prediction for me, Vikings win 27-20. to Jaron Hall has two touchdown passes and scrambles for at least 40 yards. That's my bold prediction. Jaron Hall gets a victory in his NFL debut. The Vikings move to 5-4 and four and continue this winning streak despite the fact that their leader, Kirk Cousins, is out for the season. But we all know he'll be on the sidelines, still being the leader that he is, helping out Jaron Hall any way he can, as well as the rest of his teammates. Do want to thank you kindly for joining me. As always, tune in this afternoon for two old bloggers at 4 o'clock Central Time on the Vikings First and Skull YouTube page. And come back to Purple and Gold for days tomorrow at 11.10 Central Time for the Purple and Gold pregame show. Thank you kindly for joining me. And as always, Skull to the next episode. You're listening to Purple and Gold for... This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.